Hello and welcome to the Investors Chronicle Extraction Podcast. I'm Alex Newman and this week I travelled to southern Spain to speak with the chief executive of AIM-listed copper miner, Atalaya. I'm here in the south of Spain, about 60 kilometres northeast of the port city of Huelva at the historic Rio Tinto copper mine. The lunar landscape and slightly crumbling infrastructure from the remnants of the old mine don't make this one of the prettiest parts of southern Spain, particularly compared to Seville and Andalusia to the south. But appearances aren't everything and certainly not a big concern of Atalaya, the aimlessly copper miner, which now operates and owns this site. That's because in the last quarter, production here has doubled in a significant ramp up of the mining plan. And that's been pretty perfectly timed because following the US presidential election and some quite speculative bets from Chinese traders, the copper price has surged. And that was completely unexpected by the market. But it's obviously very, very good news for copper miners. So I've come here to speak with the chief executive, Alberto Lavandera, about what it's like running Atalaya, how they've managed to renovate this site, and a little bit on where the future lies for the all-important copper price. I began by asking Alberto to talk about the recent history of the company. It's, um, it's difficult to make it brief. Lots of things happen. But to summarize, uh, since the mine stopped, uh, let's say, in early 2000, uh, it went through a period of uncertainty where, where property was divided, where ownership was questioned. And uh, in 2007, Emet, former yeah. name of Atalaya, which was Eastern Mediterranean development, got a control position here and they spent roughly eight years in permitting, putting everything together with a package of land, with taking away some litigation. And let's say, to be fair, it was a very difficult situation for them. And finally, in 2013, 12, 13, it was clear that they were going to get the permits. And uh, early 2013, they approached me and I had also some other people to, let's say, change a little bit the, the direction of the company as it was going to enter into the final stages of permitting and construction. And due to the experience that uh, some of the people of the team that I had had in Spain, well, this, this is how we came in. Since then, and this was um, 2014, April, if I remember well, 2.6, two and a half years ago, more or less, uh, has been a run, running, running, running all the time, because we were really one of the, the things we did is to, to speed up construction, to speed up all the final stages of permitting, and without even waiting for the final permits to order equipment and start construction. And, and as a result of that, we got things up and running in first phase in less than one year. And less than one year later, also the final expansion, which we're now, now ramping up. By any measure, this ramp up to capacity has been incredibly fast and for less than half the original cost estimate. So has this been too fast or too cheap? Those who have visited the plant have seen that the we didn't cut in quality of equipment. Right. Our mills and flotation cells 
are the best you can find in the world without giving names. Electronic and instrumentation, all also first class. And the rest really, it's, it's piping, it's concrete, it's steel, structure, plate work. Um, and if you think of it, the first original design engineering was done by Rio Tinto, when Rio Tinto was probably at that time one of the best, if not the best, mining company in the world. So they didn't do things wrong. So they built things to last 50 years. And this thing was running when they stopped. It was simply left 15 years in the air, so it was corroded, but the quality of things were right. You had, the, you had, you had to change the plates that were corroded, of course. You had to change pipes that were, instead of steel, go to plastic. You had to change all the electrics to go to electronic systems like you do today. But the basis of the civil structure, buildings, and even the large machines are all there the same. And what we build new, it's all first class. The magic of, of saving the capital cost, which were almost it's almost embarrassing to, to say that we saved half of the capital cost, mm. was that we did things in a different way. Instead of going like the typical junior to one single engineering firm to do everything turnkey, which somebody has to take the risk. Remember, this was an old house that you have to rehabilitate. Mm -hmm. And if you want to to cover the cost of rehabilitating up old house and give a turnkey, you will have to cover yourself because you don't know what you're going to find under your cover. The same thing here. So we did it with using a combination of Australians, South African, Spanish engineering, Spanish suppliers of local repairs and maintenance, uh, and using our own engineering teams with people with experience. And in that way, we were able to cut time, which also cuts your overheads, cuts your owner costs, you go to several bits locally and also set costs. So it's a combination of things, of lateral thinking, let's say. Against the recent surge in the copper price, the ramp up to full capacity couldn't have come at a more opportune time. Yeah, it's true that we didn't plan it like this, but also we didn't never plan that the, the copper was going to be around two dollars when we started. Mm. So the, the natural price should have been around two fifty at least, even in the downturn. So I think we believe that we are just returning to what was supposed to be normal. Having said that, if you want to be successful in a mine, you have to construct during the low periods to enjoy these upturns. We were lucky that we had, we had a big support of our shareholders. We're lucky that we moved fast to get to full capacity in order to reduce costs, because higher capacity means lower costs. And, and lucky to have a pool of people with experience that we could put together very fast mm -hmm. in Spain, plus in other countries, of course, and with real experience in the startups and construction, which is not so easy to find. So there are lots of things that are very seldom found in a junior company. Mm -hmm. And we're just lucky to put everything together and also lucky in timing. As the chief executive of a copper mine, Mr. Lavandera's bullishness about the metal should come as little surprise. Yet many believe that the fundamentals for copper, which are strongly tied to global and specifically Chinese economic growth, remain uncertain. So where does Atalaya's confidence come from? Well, today I was right. The good thing of these things is that I have said exactly the same thing one year ago. And actually right. I had a presentation in Mindset Money and had a presentation in the another conference in London later in the spring where I said 
that the price levels were unsustainable and that lots of mines will be losing money and that the current prices did not incentivize new production and that no matter what analysts said looking at the screens and saying believing the projections of the mining companies mm. the reality after almost 40 years in mining I know very well how much it costs mm. and how long it takes to build a mine and with these copper prices that we had around two dollars it was not possible to build a mine almost in any part of the world we're giving a, a return of 10 to 15 percent no matter what were the cash costs it's a pure mathematical problem so i've been saying this for one year and of course i was uh, let's say late a little bit but i think people are starting to realize that this is the case it's not only consumption which of course if china and other economies slow down then the recovery takes longer mm. of course but it's a matter of time that the lack of new projects will catch up with demand it's always like that in supply and demand and we will probably get into a wave of five to eight years of higher copper prices until we get to a peak where people also will construct big mines and then again supply will be higher than demand. This has always been like that and the, these cycles are around seven to ten years and it's not the first. Mr. Lavandira needs to be right about this because copper grades at Rio Tinto make Atalaya a relatively high cost producer, even if startup costs were extraordinarily low. So how can shareholders benefit? We are a leveraged copper producer. We are not going to be a low cash cost producer because our grade is low. And whoever says that is low cost and also has low grade, something is, is wrong because right. it's... Uh, Again, a pure mathematical thing. It's true that there are mines that are much higher grades still benefiting from that, but the future mines of the world are going to be around the 0.5% copper, 0.6% copper, even 0.4% copper in the next decade or so. And after that, we'll have to go to the 0.4% copper. So we'll always be a high-grade, high-cost producer, but we'll also be a leveraged producer. So if our cash costs are $2, and the copper price is three, we still have a margin of one dollar, which is very high. And we have a 16 years life, quite steady, which means it's basically like a option. We can have very high peaks when we have lots of money, uh, and we have a lower grade, lower prices in certain years where we produce less. The important thing is to have a life and be producing, because if you wait until the copper prices goes up, it will probably be too late because it will take you between five and seven years to start a mine. So you, you may lose the cycle. Now, with Rio Tinto up and running, Mr. Lavandero wants to add more mines to Atalaya Stable. Do such ambitions fit the company's size? I think we have demonstrated that we don't overspend. We have demonstrated that we work hard. I used to say that for me, the easy thing would have been to come to this property and look at the budget and say, yes, you have 300 million, it's going to take you three years. Yes, fantastic. Take that, enjoy life, do it in three years, spend more money and relax a bit more. 
So it was we wanted to do it in less time and saving cash for the shareholders because we believe that's the way to do it. So we can do that again. We we don't we, we can take more. And now is the time to get into new projects. Uh, otherwise, when the copper is three dollars, they will be too expensive to make sense to invest. In. Even mm -hmm. it will be a bad investment. I had experience of a mine in Spain, which was nickel, where in a company I was working, I proposed to buy it when nickel was going down in 2001 and two. Actually, the board, or some part of the board, excuse me, wanted to fire me. The rest of the board supported me. We built that mine when nickel was going down. Immediately when we were finishing production, nickel was going up and we paid all the debt investment in one single year. Because we were producing when nickel exploded up. Hmm. So I don't say that this is going to be repeated, but in order to benefit from high prices, you have to be in production. Right. And if you are a junior, you have to produce now. If you are a long company, uh, long life mm. uh, company, a long life mine, you don't worry because they will have several cycles up and down. So the likes of Escondidas or Grasberg with lives of 100 years, they will go through several of those cycles so they don't care about one low cycle. Right. It's not a problem. But when you have a, a small mine like ours, a small company, you bet you better make sure you time well your investment. <laughs> Would you be looking at other metals as well, do you think, with other projects, or is, uh, is copper your forte? Copper is the forte right now and has good fundamentals, but we would not say no to lead zinc right. and to gold. And why those? Because that's where our team is more comfortable and we can add value and we have experience. If you tell me about coal, well, I started working in coal when I was a student almost, and this is almost 40 years ago, and the only thing I know of coal is black. So mm. I wouldn't add anything, not same thing with my team. Uh, same thing with diamonds, with iron, with any bulk, with potash, with fertilizers. Those things, you have to be honest, and we don't know about that. They're all mining, but they're not the same. So mm. I think where we can add more value where we think we know a little bit the market, the industry, the suppliers, the the process, the problems, the, the solutions is in copper, all kinds of copper, is in gold, and lead zinc because it's quite similar to copper. Mm. The rest maybe but not a priority. And it sounds like your strategy is to add value through through expansion of the business rather than returning money to shareholders, or at least that's your priority at well, the moment. If you ask me, that's probably what I would like to do, Right. because I think it, it has much more higher return to the shareholders. Right. There is always time to give money back to the shareholders when there is high metal prices, and then you have extraordinary dividends. If you return the money too soon, you don't invest and you don't produce enough in these high moments, then you will not generate so much. And there are very good examples in the world of, of mining and where you see companies that build, build their position and then when they had a lot of cash, they return very high mm. special dividends. Nickel mines had happened, some diamond mines had happened. It happened with nickel, with Inco at a certain time where they gave a special dividend large, like equal to their market cap. So that tells you 
If you spend all the money now and you cannot grow, when the copper price goes up, you will not have additional production. So you're limiting yourself to one single asset. Mm. Uh, but at the end, this is a problem of the shareholders. They have to decide what they want. They are the owners of the company. So the owners of the company decide to give dividends. Fine, it's not a problem. But I think probably they will get better returns by growing when it's time to grow and dividend when it's time to dividend. Ateleo may have one hour in the future, but Rio Tinto has been and remains a political challenge. Renovating a project which was once the largest copper mine in the world and the dominant source of employment in the region has been met with varying degrees of doubt, suspicion and gratitude, depending on who you talk to. It is special. It's special because Rio Tinto in Spain meant a lot. It was like the, at a certain time, was the best mine in Spain, of course, and at a certain time, even before in the last century, it was one of the best in the world. It was the, the start of the, the birth of Rio Tinto Mining Company, which is a huge thing. And for me, it was emotional. I mean, I, I had my questions when I was coming here because it was a, a brownfield with lots of, of bad reputation the last years of difficulties of permitting mm. and a lot of responsibility because you are right, there's around 40% unemployment in the area. So I knew that we were going to employ 400, 300, 500, but there were around 5,000 applications. So we would have... 500 people very happy and 4,500 unhappy. So we knew that we were going to be wrong for sure in that sense. But now that you see people happy, working, responsible, everybody pushing, everybody joined together in the same direction, and you see the, the people that thank you to, to put this thing back in life, I think you, you like it. You like it as um, it has been a very difficult, to do it in a very difficult time with no money when the company was almost without money at all mm-hmm. two years and a half years ago. Copper price going down. After all the difficulties, it is, it's a challenge. And now we see the, the benefits and we're very happy. But there has been lots of hard work. And I would say in my 30 years of, 38 years of career, probably the most difficult project I've been in. So there you have it. Atalaya, a company confident of the future of its main commodity, and its ability to repeat the rapid expansion seen in 2016. I'm Alex Newman. Thank you for listening to this extraction podcast for the Investors Chronicle. Coincidentally, so is my fever. <laughs> Kidding. Mel, I'm so cold but hot. Uh, but I'm going to get you that budget. Just as soon as... Right. Mikey! Popcorn bowl! Press 1 to use Instacart and get your family's sick day essentials delivered in as fast as 30 minutes. Press 2 to keep working. Do not press 2. Just use Instacart. Brian.